Welcome back, everybody, to the Ludinus Podcast. I am Aaron Thayer, and joining me is Mr. Nick Cummings. I'm a mister now. Yes, I made you it. are very important as the co-host and co-founder of the Ludinus. We're watching Nick's dog drink water right now. Yeah, um, my dog is here as a special guest to talk about um, microtransactions. Yes, yeah, yes. Which is what I call it when he eats dinner, because it's so cute. <laughs> He's very tiny. Um, He's minuscule. But that is not... Our topic for this recording is it, Nick? No, we are here to talk instead about game publishers, because really it's the publishers, not developers, returning to the well for franchises that more or less had been dead for certain uh, certain lengths of time, depending on the franchise. Yeah. So recently, within the, the last couple of weeks, we've had some pretty big reveals. Um, Rock Band 4 was last month, I believe, correct? Yep, it was about a month ago. So Rock Band 4 from Harmonix was unveiled about a month ago. Uh, yesterday, or today, we had the first trailer as we're recording this for Guitar Hero Live. That was a few days ago. Okay. It was earlier this week. Uh, but today um, was another trailer altogether. The first gameplay footage of Guitar Hero Live. Right? Yeah, that surfaced. Um, but you're talking about a separate game then. Yeah. And that would be Star Wars Battlefront, right? Yep, Star Wars Battlefront. Is it Battlefront 3? There is no additional nomenclature. It's just Star Wars Battlefront. So so it's a straight-ass review. Wow, straight... Straight-ass... Straight-up, cold-ass reboot is yes. what I was trying to say. And yep. that's, that's a phrase you should never say out loud. It's official industry terminology, so don't use that at home, kids. Um, yes, Star Wars Battlefront by DICE, for those who don't know. DICE, of course, who makes... The Battlefield series, uh, and Star Wars Battlefront. If you never played that, were games on the Xbox and PS2 era uh, that were essentially, I believe, Pandemic was the developer. Oh, okay. Didn't they make uh, Mercenaries? Yes, they did. So that is a franchise that should come back. But yeah, um, just anyway. cause is still kicking. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. About what was the second Mercenaries? The North Korean? Yeah, uh, I think so. Attack. Yeah, I played a little bit of that one. So I believe it was not pandemic, and we'll we'll correct ourselves if that's not that's not right because I never really played Battlefront. I had friends no, that were either. into it, and the idea was essentially a battlefield light game, but for consoles. That was kind of the the draw. Is at the time there wasn't a strong battlefield game on at least the original Xbox, PlayStation Two, GameCube sort of era. So yeah, arguably not until Battlefield Three um, hit the. 360 and ps3 did you really get like there was ba- a battlefield 2 port for xbox 360 but it was terrible it was modern combat i believe yeah it was greatly simplified and yeah multiplayer was shrunk down a lot um, i mean there, there were the bad company games that were direct to sure. console originally but those were more single player focused and the multiplayer was toned down a fair bit yeah so battlefront now uh, all that is to say is being relaunched by EA, who bought the rights, or received the rights, when uh, um, Disney had purchased LucasArts a couple oh, of years yeah. ago. Oh yeah, Disney bought everything in the last few years. Disney has, they've got a lot of money. That's between... why we're getting Day of the Tentacle again, because yeah. Disney apparently is feeling generous to us right now. It is It is fascinating, as a small aside, that Disney, which I don't think anybody's considered them in the past, I could be wrong, because I don't follow Disney News, a, an evil company. I don't think anybody's really, really considered them that. When they bought Marvel, look at what they've done with Marvel. Yeah. And look at how Marvel is, is thriving. Um, but they were the ones to revive or to allow a lot of classic LucasArts properties, including Star Wars games, of course, to be re-released, to be remastered, even with Grim Fandango recently. So, yeah. um, so again, Battlefront is now being made by DICE, 
who makes Battlefield, and the original Battlefront games were more or less a uh, different developer's take on Battlefield, but in the Star Wars franchise. You had ships, yeah. you had uh, ground troops, different classes, there was vehicular, um, uh, randomized kind of in- encounters. It had Battlefield moments, but in Star Wars. Yeah, and it was really geared towards consoles. Like I, I want to say that they all had four-player split-screen, or at least two-player um, I believe so. Battlefield or Battlefront Two, I think, had Xbox Live support. And that was huge at the time. That yeah. that's why I believe that game is so endeared in the minds and hearts of a lot of gamers. Is it was one of, along with Halo Two and some of those first multiplayer games, a, uh, a console title that brought online gaming to the console masses, which of course PC players had had for years. But yeah. But for those of us who are stuck playing Time Splitters <laughs> 2 on our Xboxes, <laughs> that will still always be a classic game. Yeah, it was no matter really how you good. Play it. I actually had it on my GameCube to be, you know, full disclosure. Full but... full disclosure, yeah. No C-stick, favoritism here. Not good for aiming. No, it wasn't. That's also the platform I played it on. Yeah. So, uh, and the last example. We should start a support group. <laughs> <laughs> the last game uh, that is another example of classic, you could call them that, or at least old established franchises coming back from the dead. Uh, was a reveal of kind of a reveal in a way of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. Tony Hawk's Pro Catering. Pro, yes, Tony Hawk's Pro Catering. And we say that because the image that had leaked was from, I believe, from the catering group or from somebody who was catering an event that had, uh, and the picture has tables, all these white cloth catering, nice, uh, probably black tie event type of, of service. And this dude standing in the middle of these tables before anybody's there. In the middle of a half pipe. In the middle of a half pipe. So if that didn't start to make you think, oh, this has to do with skating, well, there you go. And then behind him is a projector set up with just a splash logo of THPS 5 or something. So I think it said Tony Hawk 5. So it even said Tony Hawk. Yeah. So right there, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. Maybe this is some Activision event or Tony Hawk's closest friends or an industry thing. I don't know if there were other details, but point being is that leaked accidentally maybe on purpose it doesn't really matter okay here we go tony hawk is back yeah Um, so tony hawk's back guitar hero rock band and star wars battlefront all within the last month and we haven't even gotten to e3 yet so who knows what else is getting revived whether or not it wants to come back from the dead yeah and you know we've seen kind of this revival aspect uh, in the games industry with kickstarter in the last few years right yeah Uh, bringing back the adventure classic adventure titles, bringing back computer RPGs, which we've talked about on previous recordings. Uh, so there is this element of nostalgia that's driving the market forward, but what's interesting now is these are the big publishers, Activision being the the biggest one of these examples with Guitar Hero and Tony Hawk under its belt. The big publishers are now going, okay, how can we revive these Once Dead franchises that kind of um, I don't know if the, it was this way for Rock Band or Battlefront, but kind of got critically panned at the end of their last life cycles. Mm. Uh, the last Tony Hawk games, I believe, were uh, American Wasteland or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 8. That they oh, yeah. called it that. And there was just like the, downhill jam. But yeah, was... the Wii board, the balance yeah. board. And then the last Guitar Hero game was... Uh, Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock. That was number six. That's right. They the, Those last two Activision titles kind of got shit upon justifiably. I don't know. I didn't play them. But now here we go. We're back. We're going to refresh these franchises. Nick, my question to you to start this discussion after that long introduction is do you 
personally give a shit about any of these examples. <laughs> to be I, very blunt. I guess I hate the fact that I actually am kind of like ready for this stuff to come back. Um, Aside from Rock Band, because you have had a professed love for Rock Band. Are you excited about any of the other franchises? Yeah, we've already been over the fact that I now own an Xbox One just because Rock Band 4 was announced. Right. Which is a problem that I will deal with on my own. Uh, and eventually, like... When I hear like, "Hey, Activision has all your favorite franchises ready to get back," you know they've got Gravedigger, they've got <laughs> where's Gex? Yeah, right. <laughs> where's Dana Gould when you need him? Uh, when when do you need Dana Gould? Anyway, uh, never. Uh, yeah, I. If you told me all three of these things, Tony Hawk, Battlefront, Guitar Hero, we're all coming back this year, I'd be like, "What, what year do you think it would be?" Like. 2006 maybe yeah and i would think like oh god i'm back in college and i don't know what i'm doing but also you have a chance to do it over <laughs> yeah but then i'd probably just play those shitty games again yeah, okay but the Fair thing point. is like individually when i look at what's happening there like we don't know much about tony hawk we don't know much about battlefront even right just but, a reveal trailer yeah but i'm ready to give those things another shot like it's why what what about it so are are you responding in the way that the publishers hope that it's been so long since the last entries that any say bad blood or bad memories or or previous games that didn't review well or, or were kind of crappy you now your memories lapsed i mean is that what they're banking on is that <laughs> is that kind of why you want to play them or is it something else entirely i mean i can't really remember wednesday so if they're banking yeah, on that they're, today's friday that's right? a safe bet yeah huh. uh Again, I'll deal with my problems on my own time. But yeah, Dana Gould. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my Gex save files. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, maybe I think more than anything, it's like these are brands that got oversaturated. All of them, like mm-hmm. Tony Hawk, because it just started under delivering and going off in weird directions that nobody really wanted. Like a Wii exclusive balance board game that was underdeveloped. Uh, you had Guitar Hero just going in all kinds of crazy ass directions. Where you had the DS version, yeah. you had Band Hero featuring Taylor Swift. There were even mobile versions of, of Rock Band. I mean, it was everywhere. Yeah, it was ubiquitous. It was overkill. There were I, there were several iPhone Rock Band games. Yeah. I played a lot of them. They weren't that good. Um, but, you know, like anything, give enough time and the bad memories start to go away. And what comes back is this nostalgia, this sort of like sweet sense of like, oh, I remember I had some fun with this. It may not Rose have been colored perfect. glasses, as it were. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's why RoboCop came back. Oh, shit. That's right. That came out last year. Yeah. There Except that... they gave him carbon fiber armor, which totally, totally ruined the cheesiness that was wonderful about the original movies. I would have loved to see Peter Weller come back, honestly. Yeah, that guy's cool. Uh, we actually will be starting a RoboCop podcast in the near yeah. future, so stay tuned for that. And our but... next guest will be Peter Weller. <laughs> <laughs> Who literally has nothing guest. else to do. <laughs> yeah. Except for be a villain in the last Star Trek movie. That was him? Yeah, that's Peter Weller. The Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. How did I not recognize that? The voice—he he does things with his voice. He's a—he's okay. a vocal magician. But oh, okay, you, he's like Gary Oldman. Yeah. Yes. So, are you excited for Resnab to come back to Call of Duty <laughs> with yeah, Black Ops Three this year, <laughs> which is actually happening? You were uh, making a point, though. I was I. Uh, yeah, I think it's been enough time. I think they're banking on people thinking about the positive stuff. They're not going to think about Guitar Hero Five or Six or when it really started to get into like hardcore fan territory but not really as approachable as it used to be as like a fun party game or like tony hawk remember that that was a game where everyone played a little bit of it you know everyone had a ps1 that they had access to at some point they and then the ps2 version yeah tony hawk 3 was really cool all that those first three games of tony hawk 
defined a lot of my adolescence. When the first oh, game yeah. came out and there was a Burnside skate park in it from Portland. Yeah. I mean, that was the first kind of moment that I felt Portland had arrived in some national I didn't know we had a skate park until that. Yeah. It's funny you say that because that's exactly what happened is I was never a skateboarder. I had skateboarding gear from Zoomies, which is really nice. embarrassing. Nice. Um, and I never really could skate. I had a skateboard because my parents absolutely uh, um, encouraged me, <laughs> but I, I could never skate. Point being is I live vicariously through vicarious visions, Tony Hawk. Developers games. of the Game Boy Advance, Tony Hawk games. Yeah, nice. yeah I tried to make a segue. You tried that. to catch me there, but I knew what you were talking yeah. about. So, but yes, the, that nostalgia and those first three Tony Hawk games are legendary. Even uh -huh. even if you go back and play them now, they're pretty. They're still pretty solid. I mean, the mechanics work. They're dated. So what then? Why do you think? What happened when they tried to re-release those games? Because they came out on Xbox Live and PSN with a Tony Hawk right. like remastered one and two combination thing, and that was apparently not very good. What I played the demo was really disappointing. Do you think? Did did something in the industry with those extreme sports games change, or did we just move on? Because when Tony Hawk was huge, we had. BMX games. We had snowboarding. Games. Oh yeah, there was we Matt Hoffa. There was Kelly Slater's Pro Surfer. BMX Triple X. Yeah. Oh yeah. That the, game was like banned in some stores with, because of the. It had breasts, breasts and yeah, breasts. Breasts. Yeah. <laughs> We're very official on this podcast. We won't call them anything but breasts. <laughs> um, that was that era's kind of. I don't know if you want to say Call of Duty because some of those. Remember Call of Duty breasts in games was like controversial. Yeah, there were there were huge note. full page articles written in EGM and computer games magazine all, everywhere that was press at the time about the controversy and even yeah. of course later we'd have uh, things like hot coffee incident in yeah. Congress but um, yeah at, at the time extreme sports games were huge ATV motocross games all that oh yeah that was even before like MotorStorm they were like mm -hmm. games of all kinds that was a thing and that's kind of past and maybe I still play Excitebike well, Excitebike would probably be the original sort yeah. of extreme sports game. Um, Got to hand it to Nintendo. So Always I think, edgy. I think there's a thread there that, yes, it's been long enough, especially for Tony Hawk, because the glory days of that series really left it when the 360 and PS3 generation arrived. They tried to do, I believe that was when American Wasteland came out and Underground and all these other... Uh, versions and variants of that that yeah. the, the franchise had been running since 1999. Bam Margera started showing up in mm -hmm. all those games. And you had weird... There was Boba Fett in that game and Spider-Man and just weird characters. Wasn't Wolverine in there too? Darth Maul so. was in one of them. That's how old Tony Hawk was when it was at his prime. Darth Maul was a hidden character. That, yeah, that, and that was a huge thing of, wow, I just saw Darth Maul in Phantom Menace <laughs> yeah. a couple years ago. Now I can play him in Tony Hawk. This is great. The 2000s are awesome. Um... So yeah, again, those fran that franchise is so old. It's been gone so long. Its glory days are so far behind it. Okay, that makes sense why that would be coming back. Calling it Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. Keep the lineage there, not just a full reboot. Maybe they'll change it. But what about the more recent entries, like Guitar Hero then? Because we've talked at length yeah. about Rock Band before. Is Guitar Hero coming back? Because Rock Band is, I'm not saying that they knew of each other's plans ahead of time, but it's uh, it's pretty coincidental that they're both coming back now about, what, six years after the last games? Yeah, and revealing their games within weeks of each other. Yeah, so is six years long enough after such a market saturation, after that, that era passed pretty quickly, considering from the first Guitar Hero in the U.S. to the last Guitar Hero game, 
are, is that going to make as big of a splash as actually here's a better question do we think that the developers and the publishers this time are going to be more responsible about the saturation do you think that they are scared now of oversaturation or they're just going back to the well because they think people are dumb enough to buy the games again probably That's a really good question <laughs> i mean i think that the message you're going to hear is conservatism and you're seeing that already where harmonics is saying we want to go back to basics of what made rock band so fun for people to play mm-hmm. that's why they're stripping out the keyboard they're dropping the pro guitar controllers so there goes that investment uh they're trying to pare it back down to the whole idea of starting a band with friends and progressing through an interesting career while also making it about the party setting where it's pick up and play it's going to be more accessible that kind of stuff we a lot hasn't really been said about how that's going to happen but that's also what's guiding guitar heroes principle where the new game guitar hero live is in, in some ways radically different but in other ways it's i can see the philosophy behind how they're trying to make it more accessible and make it relevant today uh, and there's two things going on there, where one is that the guitar controller is totally new. It's um, six buttons instead of five, but it's two rows of three buttons. So you only use your third, hmm. second, third, and fourth fingers, uh, but you get that kind of feeling of like more, maybe potentially more authentic, like chord frettings, or like uh, if you're like running a solo or something, you might be able to move back and forth to kind of simulate moving up and down the strings. This is a terrible radio, but I'm We'll post like an image on, on our post. Yeah, we'll, we'll put GIFs up of all the yeah. relevant things. Uh, so there's that. And then also this the fact that it's live. They're straight up making a fucking FMV game. Like, part of my language, but, like, who makes a full motion video game in 2015? Well, I think FMV stands for fucking motion video, comma, why? Yeah. <laughs> Asterisk, is this for real? Yeah. Uh, and, and it is. It's for real. It is full motion video. It's... Full first person full motion video. If you so walk into a stage. So what is full motion video then? If somebody doesn't know or didn't play games in the nineties. Yeah, if you missed Mad Dog McCree and Night Trap, uh, I'm or sorry. Wing Commander, or Wing Commander. I never no. played Wing Commander. We have a friend Spencer who, if he's listening to this, will probably be shaking his head at that. Yeah. Uh, he loves PC games. So, point being, what what are FMV then? Why why is that why is that funny? Why is that weird and funny? Yeah. Uh, Back in the 90s, like the early to mid-90s, there was this big push, like a gold rush, almost like the second the second gold rush after the Atari collapse of 83 or so, where all these consoles were coming out and then the market fell out. Mm-hmm. Around the early 90s, CD-ROM technology was picking up and people started to realize, okay, we've gone from like 16 megs to 650 megs. That's a lot more space. What can we do with that? Obviously, we should film video and build games around video, like Dragon's Lair style, which <laughs> Dragon's Lair... Hopefully you've heard of Dragon's Lair, like the the, the Don the cartoon Bluth the Don Bluth game where it's awful to play, but at the time was amazing in arcades. It was like playing a cartoon. It was playing a cartoon, and it was about as fun as it sounds. Mm-hmm. But um, there was this big push toward shooting video and like kind of they weren't using the word then, but like transmedia offerings of like yeah. let's make a game that has this, these video features that like tie into the show. Like the X Files game on PC even was like this, but a little bit. Oh, before. I never even I never even heard of that. Oh, yeah, there was a 7-CD-ROM X-Files adventure game. So it had clips of the show? It was all original video. Like, they actually got... um, David Duchovny and... David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson. And uh, Cancer Man and all those people to come back. Uh, Crycheck was in there. Crycheck tries to kill you. Really? Yeah. So Um, it was a a huge thing at the time. Was it... Before we go too far off track, but was (laughs) was it a way to work around... You said that there were there was yeah. more memory, but was it a way to still? Do you think developers at the time saw that as 
oh my god, this is how we're going to make things so much more lifelike, even, or just we have all this other memory and it's easier for us to film than, than program or... Yeah, I think, and thanks for staring me back on point there. Um, the reason they pursue video is because at the time, like 93, 94, polygons and um, 3D rendering were coming along in real time, but not nearly fast enough. That's why, you, like, if you remember the PlayStation era, there was this big hype about Resident Evil, Final Fantasy VII, these games that had all these right. pre-rendered cutscenes and backgrounds and things looked way more realistic in some ways. Uh, video was like an early stopgap solution to that. Of like, this looks real because we're shooting real video and playing real video back, and that's going to draw in new audiences and it's going to elevate games into the public's in the public's like conscious, sure, uh, like perception, I guess I should say. Now, fast forward to today, FMV games are a joke. And <sighs> what? So clearly, with every rendering option and the power of game development. Uh, in this current age, Guitar Hero goes with, if you haven't seen the trailer, uh, you should to help give a better picture of what we're talking about. Yeah. You are watching, from a first-person perspective, your bandmates, I'm assuming you're, you are the lead or the guitarist or whatever you end up you're the hero. being called. You are the hero of the guitar. <laughs> um you're watching from the backstage, the pre-show kind of. Yeah. Let's get ready, man. And walking past security, getting yeah. all hyped up. Walking up on stage, crowd gets really wild. You get your gear put on by your roadie friend. Yeah, and there's like the scene where like you slowly look across this massive, like impossibly huge audience and look around at your bandmates. You're like, whoa, man, we did, we did we it. We did it. We're at Sasquatch or Coachella. Or... Sasquatchella. <laughs> yeah, it's like all those. We're at Lollapalooza, man. We're at Forza Horizon. <laughs> Yeah, this is essentially, this is actually a tie-in to the Forza Horizon series. Oh, it's the festival element, which would not be a bad tie-in type of experience of Microsoft. And I'm all for asymmetrical multiplayer, so. That would be hilarious. But, so yeah, you, you are um, you, you are the guitar hero. You are watching your bandmates play. And this is all done by actors, by real people. Um, whether or not they're actually playing the instruments doesn't matter. But doesn't seem to be the actual the band members. Yeah, like they showed a Fall Out Boy song and a Black Keys song. So it's not the actual uh, band members of the Black Keys or uh, um, Fall Out Boy. It's essentially a cover band. Then it looks like yeah, which in an ironic twist has gone from Guitar Hero games where like you're playing nothing but covers to like ultra realistic guitar hero playing master versions of songs but with like fake actors up on with stage with the same voices as the real yeah yeah so why are they doing fmv then is it do you think that they are really banking on this experience and I, I saw a quote some somewhere i can't remember which developer uh the name of the developer that said that but we want to give you the feeling of stage fright that's what they're trying to impose upon this with the real live video what's the point of that is that their whole aim now and a new guitar controller that's that's it? I mean, is that going to be enough? To, I don't... So, I don't know. Like, all they've Where shown they right now is... going with this? All they've shown right now is just one one controller playing guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's just the guitar. I don't know if it's two-player. Like, the multiplayer all seems to be pretty asymmetrical and online-based. The big hook they're going for is, like, this video on demand, or, like, streaming video channels where, like, you can watch Guitar Hero live TV... And play along to the songs that are cycling through, kind of like a music video channel, like a Vivo, mm -hmm. YouTube, 
playlist effectively, but with notes charted. So you, they would still have to chart the songs, right? You can't oh, yeah. just go to a song and have it magically. I doubt work, it. Kind of like Audio Surf on. Yeah, and look how well that worked. I mean, Audio Surf is abstract, so it has it going for it. But with a guitar, you, you, if you've ever seen someone play one or you know anything about music, like you know when you're supposed to go up or down the neck or up or down the fretboard, like, uh-huh. and to different strings metaphorically. And since this game has effectively like it can create the illusion of strings because there's two rows of buttons yeah the controller you mentioned before i actually wanted to ask in your opinion as somebody who is definitely above the beginner level in terms of rhythm games and it's okay i may have won some tournaments yeah see that's a cool thing uh and it gives you a unique perspective on this new controller is it adding more buttons and changing its utility for people like you, the pros, or is this a, just a new way of making... Are, are, can new players learn how to use this controller, the extra buttons, or are those extra buttons made for those people who are already good at playing those games or are used to them, or do we even know? We don't know at this point, mm-hmm. uh, at least from what I can tell. I mean, if they're smart, they're going to be going on to recording the old audience that loves that game and trying to get kids who are into, like, streaming music videos and stuff into thinking about what if you could play along to those things. And, like, if they're smart, they'll really double down, I think, on the social aspect of, like, favoriting bands and songs and sharing, like, your performance of a song with people or something like that. Uh, But realistically, um, for what I'm interested in, I want that band experience. I want that local rock band fun. And, like, that's why I'm more optimistic about that game for my own need. But at least Guitar Hero isn't just sticking to its roots, resuscitating those characters that they adopted from harmonics in the first place, and just regurgitating another, like, edgy, colorful, metal-tinged... Just cheese rock. More of that shit, you know? Like, they're just... They're moving on, and I think that's really kind of impressive. I do hope... um... But that also splits the guitar controllers again, so... Yeah. They won't be compatible. Which just seems still short-sighted even now. Yeah. But, you know, they want to sell you into an ecosystem as they did 10 years ago. Um, And I I get that, the business sense. I just do hope, as we talked about before, that there is an oversaturation now. That we won't see a yearly or even... I I would rather have, and I believe this is what Harmonix is doing with the Rock Band platform for 4, is... You'll buy the game, but they're going to expand it digitally, right? Yeah. They're not going to, sure, with DLC, that's always been the case, but actually improve and expand the game and just use the first purchase of the disc, the digital version, whatever version of 4 you get, as the kind of framework, the the, the skeleton for which to build the experience over time that's and not just sell you another, like, Rock Band 5 in 2016. Right. Because that, if that happens again... That is when the industry will collapse, the mu- the rhythm industry will collapse again. And it's definitely not going to be like it was, I doubt it. Because even the people that will be interested in buying it, it's not going to sweep the nation by storm as the new news story, the new Wii Sports like it was briefly. The, right. We're not going to see it on 2020 or uh, Good Morning America. It's just going no. to exist, and they need to carve out that niche to please the diehards. Uh, the the pro players like yourself and to bring in the new players the party people the ones that just do it casually but not piss them off by re-releasing and releasing new versions every year every even couple of years yeah because the plastic instrument um influx is what i think turned off a lot of the market is great you know here's a drum set now 
Oh, great. Here's another pro guitar controller. I don't, I don't care. I'm just going to stop. That's what stopped me from being involved. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're right on. Like, it's not, I think we're in a different place than we were eight to 10 years ago where these new consoles are coming out and no, the iPhone didn't exist yet. Android mm-hmm. didn't really like have a place in the market like it does now. And people like thought they were striking gold with like the Wii selling millions and millions of copies yeah. of people who never bought game consoles and thinking like, oh, we should launch Connect and launch like fitness and like health based games with that. Casual gamers would love to be musicians. And we're not really seeing that this time around. Like, yes, there is like an Xbox fitness app. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never looked at it, but for the most part, all this stuff like PlayStation Moves taking a backseat, the, the camera is very limited and not on that. All these peripherals to like try and court. Uh, non-traditional audiences are kind of gone. The Kinect was famously taken out of the Microsoft bundle. Yeah, that was a huge deal for Microsoft to mm-hmm. say goodbye to that. Uh, and so we're at this point where I feel like all of these console holders, including Nintendo, are just focusing on the core, which is a much smaller audience and probably means like lifetime shorter or fewer sales. Um, so maybe these publishers are taking a kind of similarly conservative approach of like, okay, the console holders are taking this very focused and sure bet uh, approach in their marketing to target the people they know are going to buy their stuff and just doubling down on that. We should take a similar tack in reviving these franchises to make sure that we make a good tidy profit off of them without mm-hmm. poisoning the well yet again. So to bring this full circle um, and, and to kind of set us up for a, maybe a pretty good ending is do you think then that this generation is a return to form of away from the insane motion controls, um, cameras, peripherals, the, the different ways of interacting like we saw last generation with control schemes that there's still experimentation. There's still obviously things like the Oculus and the myriad competitors on the horizon that will change things, even Amiibo. Uh, the, the NFC connectivity, the near-field connectivity, I believe. Communication, I Communication think. with um, different ways to interact with games, sure. Yeah. But are these franchises being revived because publishers are now thinking about playing it safe? And, and, and at least in these four examples, with Star Wars Battlefront, with Guitar Hero, with Rock Band, with Tony Hawk, they are now banking on bringing the core gamers back on bringing and satisfying those those diehards from those franchises that kind of got the short end of the stick in the last few years is that the strategy now are they becoming more as you said core focused again or is this just another segment of a strategy and they're still going to do all this crazy mobile and and visual uh, or camera connect move type of stuff or well there's a lot of history here like Activision had a lot of money tied up in marketing, promoting, and building the franchises of Tony Hawk mm-hmm. and Guitar Hero. And uh, EA had a lot with, um, I want to say Battlefront, even back in the day, was EA published? Uh, it, I think it was, at least two. Mm-hmm. And Rock Band was up until um, up through Rock Band 3, when uh, later on that switched to Mad Cats publishing it in a strange twist of fate. Mm-hmm. Um, when the EA Partners deal expired with Harmonix. That's right, yeah. uh, but these are companies that have a long history with these brands, and they also all kind of wound up at a point where they were oversaturated, under underdeveloped, and poorly received. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that was on a generation where there was a big, big push to court these new markets, and that's not really happening anymore. 
consoles are kind of more of a fact of life for a lot of people because it's an all-in-one thing that plays games and does Netflix and plays Blu-rays. But yeah. um, I don't know. I, I What do you think is going on here? My take is it could be just as simple as that. Yeah, they've been out of the limelight for a while. Let's bring them back. What does it hurt? Just put some development money into them. Uh, we'll have some guaranteed sales because they had been huge brands in their respective eras. Um, at the same time, I do think there's something to this generation having more competition with mobile, with uh, smartphones, tablets, uh, all of the different ways people play and experience games now, that this generation is maybe getting more defined as time goes on. And this seems obvious saying it, but I don't really, I really haven't thought of it this, this way before, is that competition from other platforms and other, other input devices, maybe that's why we're seeing HD re-releases of games that just came out a few years ago in the last yeah. generation. Why we're seeing uh, the nostalgia trip and the rebirth of these franchises specifically is while the PlayStation 4 has sold millions of consoles, the Xbox One has sold millions of consoles uh, combined, and even with the Wii U has sold millions that... You know they're not all doing as great as the we did last generation let's say right but they've still sold enough that this time around the core gamer whoever that person is they're it's being honed it's being chiseled away to that base yeah. to that base once again which could be good or bad for gaming we don't know yet but that's why we're seeing i think yeah these franchises coming back because they know who's bought the PlayStation 4, who's bought the Xbox One. They're probably not the same grandma and grandpa that bought the media device type consoles last generation. Even though they do the same things now, let's give these uh, core gamers who are buying the next gen or current gen consoles the uh, the uh, franchises that they've been missing or something. I, that's my take on it. Yeah, it feels like that. It's it's They didn't have something to re-release in HD, so they are just taking their time to start over with these same brands and put something out on the new consoles. And like, yeah. They're probably all going to sell pretty damn well. And just one last thing I wanted to note, you mentioned like you know these consoles aren't selling as well they're, uh, as the Wii did, and they're not focusing on pushing these new peripherals and ways to play like they were before. Um, I can't help but feel like it's kind of a missed opportunity for all these games. And maybe Guitar Hero will prove me different, mm -hmm. or prove me wrong so. and do something different. But there's just so much internal knowledge that you take for granted when you play games. And it's so hard for someone who didn't grow up around games to, or without the confidence or the reassurance, reassurance that they could spend their time playing games, to jump in at any point. Like, dual analog stick movement in a first-person shooter where you're being called all kinds of epithets over your headset is the, probably one of the least accessible like things you can do with your life this side of tightrope walking a grand canyon it's turned off many a person who i've wanted to play games or experience games when they've gotten to that point yeah, yeah they just say no no negative reinforcement from people you're playing with coupled with an unintuitive interface like pointing and shooting with a wii remote was revolutionary for a lot of people it made sense it, it, it was one-to-one -one. it yeah and when it worked, it felt great. Like, I remember playing Metroid Prime 3 on that thing and thinking, mm -hmm. this is this could really work. This could really bring in more people to playing cool, interesting, immersive games. And this generation, from the hardware provider's perspective and from these big publishers' perspective, I, I see them moving away from that. I see them We're doubling down. We're getting more open world. We're getting longer storylines, bigger downloads with just higher fidelity. Right. Higher conversion rates expected for DLC purchases, season passes for every game under the sun, yeah. Mortal Kombat selling DLC to unlock fatalities easier. Evolve. Evolve existing. <laughs> yeah. And 
I, I just can't help but feel like it's a bit of a shame. Like, maybe, you know, culturally things are changing, games are much more acceptable than they used to be, yeah. but how much of that is really, like, console games? How much of that, by comparison, is the fact that everyone has a smartphone and games are, you like, everywhere on smartphones and everyone is playing them, especially kids and teenagers and older people that who traditionally haven't played a lot of these, like, hardcore mm-hmm. consoles. So games are more accessible, but are these consoles really positioned in a way to make sure they stay relevant? Yeah. To the point where, like, there is demand for a ninth generation of consoles at some point. I'm not so sure. And these are the kind of franchises that can make or break that, I think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, from that perspective, it's a little bit sobering to see them sticking to their guns and not really trying to... Taking a step back, in a way. Yeah. To really risk alienating the core a tiny bit and say, look, we want to make these games are about sharing, they're about fun, they're about playing with friends, all of them. And we want to really double down on what makes that so fun and open the door to so many more people and maybe they'll surprise us we don't know much about rock band 4 at this point we don't know much about battlefront but um i have a feeling we're gonna see more of the same and i agree it's i still want it but yeah it's not as good as as exciting as it could be speaking for both of us i think there are at least one if not multiple of those games we'll buy and play at some point yeah um because those were franchises or experiences at least that resonated with us at one time and they still have that juice in them but you make great points of uh, i i i am overall a little bit disappointed i could say and that seems easy to uh to talk about without playing the games with just sitting here in the you know the armchair uh, judging the the revival of these IPs uh, as just, oh, you know, of course they're going to re-release uh, or release a new Tony Hawk. It's just going to be the same. It could be great. It could be the best Tony Hawk. We don't know. and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not that narrow-minded to think that these games won't be good or can't be good. But yeah, the this current generation is getting off to a very predictable and not really, at least from the AAA side, uh, innovative start. Um, we're only still a year-ish, a year and a half in. Yeah. So we could be completely proven wrong. Who knows what's on the horizon? Who knows what new IP will happen? We're, we're, we're always in this cycle that yeah. something starts out, usually generation starts out pretty predictable or like the last one or not innovative, and then things occur. Um, things happen. I mean, things happen. there have been some success stories too. Like I think the Tomb Raider reboot has been pretty great notwithstanding the fact that there was an HG remaster of that game a year after it came out. That Yeah. Again, um, trying to keep those people with the new consoles happy, I guess. Yeah. Mortal Kombat is... Honestly, the fact that they're making fatalities accessible to people, kind of a cool thing. I don't like the fact that you have to pay for it, mm-hmm. but um, I just played a little bit of that today um, I'm on break at work, and uh, I, I work in a cool place now. And um, <laughs> I read an article that uh, said very accurately that this is a great mortal Kombat x is a or 10 is a great game that i'll buy in 10 months when there's like the game of the year version yeah you saw the ben kuchera article didn't you that's yeah yeah i read that too i yeah. agree with him on that um and it, it it is a little more accessible that's cool it's staying relevant people know what mortal Kombat is and it's more pick up and play now than i think it used to be which is cool it can be done it's a, it's a baby step they could have done a lot more but mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. E3 is just a month away, so yeah, the hype train's already up and running. Choo-choo. Ugh. Well, Nick, it was a pleasure speaking with you, always. as always. Uh, 
as we close out this episode, why don't you tell the kind people where you can be found on the interwebs? Where in the internet is Carmen San Diego? I'm Nicholas on Twitter. San Diego. Yeah, I'm actually not on Twitter these much that much these days. You can find me there. Um, I'm at Nick Cummings. Yeah, I, I said where can they find you? Oh, not or maybe I you can find me at the club. Bottle full of bud. <laughs> We're not uh, doing that. No, no. But you can go come give me a hug. Um, yeah. I'm on PSN and Xbox Live a lot. I actually just got Xbox Live Gold, so I can play games. You did get gold, okay? Yeah, if you want to play some Assassin's Creed, actually, I'd love to do. Yeah, there are several of the heist and co-op missions I haven't done. Great, let's do that. Um, You can find me on there. I'm Ymog W H Y M O G. Send me a friend request. Just in the message, say like, "Hey, I listened to you on the show. Let's be BFFs," and I'll say like, "K L O L," and we'll get that going. I love playing games with people. And uh, Aaron, where are you at? Uh, well, I am also not on Twitter much. That was always the case, but especially now, I'm really never using it. But I am at Aaron Thayer on there. And as uh, as we grow the Ludinist, I imagine, to be more active uh, with hopefully our increasing fan base. Yeah. Or at, least, or at least the friends of our parents who are interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know your mom will be following you yeah. and like, favoriting your tweets. It's I joke about it, and I've joked about it in the past on other projects, but it's probably... 100% accurate. Um, I am on Steam as Athay, A-T-H-A-Y. I'm on uh, the Nintendo Network, which is really useless, so I'm not going to... Mario Kart DLC is coming out, though. Oh, yeah, the Animal Crossing DLC. Yeah, um, next week. A-Thay. I guess that's a hyphen, because it's a short. Yeah, A-T-H-A-Y. Yep. Same with PSN, A-T-H-A-Y. And then Xbox Live as Athay. Um, and that, really, I'll be on Steam. Are you lately. playing Pillars still? Lots of Pillars of Eternity, so you can find me on there most of the time. Okay, go bug him there. I'm just going to keep dying in Bloodborne for the next couple weeks. <laughs> and uh... Yeah, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, this thanks. has been the Ludinous Podcast. Uh, again, I'm Aaron Thayer, and Nick Cummings has joined me this wonderful evening. Thank you for listening. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Ludinist. Uh, we're on Facebook.com slash Ludinist. And we have our various SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher links, and we'll have all that relevant info linked within our post and on our website. Yeah. Also, show notes and stuff on Ludinus.com, which is our actual website. Yes, people still use those. We're not all just in the social cloud now. Mm-hmm. So, we we'll hope to register .pizza and .bike in the future, but for now, <laughs> .com will work just. We're good. Yep. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. We'll be back soon.